There's just so much more to hear. Download our podcasts at DubaiEye1038.com. This is The Grill. Join the conversation. Text 4001 or message us for free on the Dubai Eye app. Get you an update, if we can, from the local football, the Arabian Gulf League, ongoing at the moment. Uh, yep, behind closed doors, empty stadiums, uh, with fans being asked to stay away. But you are able to catch the action live on Abu Dhabi Sports Channel, Dubai Sports Channel, in both English and Arabic. Chris McCarty's watching this one for us. Yeah, I am. Three games uh, this evening. A fourth one later on, 8.30 kickoff for his Al Jazeera Alain t- second v third in that one. Alain in second, Al Jazeera in third. 54 minutes on the clock, though, for the three games. Al Dafra, they lead. Al-Wakhda by a goal to nil Al-Dafra decent season they're not in relegation trouble they're probably not battling for Asian competition qualification but they're mid-table fodder and they are leading Al-Wakhda by a goal to nil Banias have just equalised against Etihad Kalba and if you are new to football uh, in this part of the world do check out Minil Platinlapa the big striker for Etihad Kalba decent player probably far better than Kalba is he's a man that's found goals easy to come by this season Ricardo Oliveira has levelled things up in the last few moments in charge of last season's champions first time champions since 1996 they lead at Fujera Fujera and all sorts of problems at the bottom end of the table Marcus Maloney the Brazilian on the score sheet there for Sharjah I know I was in the commentary box last night I know you were Tom and again the big story from an Arabian Gulf League standpoint over the last couple of weeks whether you follow it or not this is a story that will still pique the interest top of the table Shabab Al-Akhli one win in seven but still top by three points they only go and sack their manager, mm. Rodolfo Arubarena. Remarkable, that. Yeah, I was doing that one last night and speaking to a couple of the connections down there. So the official line, uh, because obviously Gerard uh, Zaragoza has come in, he was the under-21 coach, so he's been given the caretake management role until the end of the year. The official line was that um, Arubarena's uh, contract had expired. But then that begs the question, I mean, who has a contract that expires halfway through a season? Yeah, only here in the UE, clearly, because that doesn't. I mean, again, I don't want to cast aspersions, but that seems a bit odd. I mean, he, he did a great job. Shabab Al-Akhli haven't won the league since the merger a few years back. They were double cup winners last season. He did a fine job at Al-Wassel, and he's a good manager. Yeah. And if I was a chairman out in this part of the world, I would most most definitely be looking for his agent's number. Interesting game last night as well, because uh, Shabab al brilliant in the first Actually, not um, Ajman, not good in the first half. <laughs> right. Let's just put it that way. Uh, Shabab Al-Ali, uh, getting off to a, 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 a half-time lead of two goals then they just sort of lost their way in the first 10 minutes of the second half it was 2-2 finished 5-2 obviously of course. At, uh, 10 men uh, for Ajman we had VAR we had penalties we had this that and everything uh, all going on but interesting as well because new coach coming in um, uh, obviously a young coach man who's been involved in that club as well and making some pretty big calls you know um, uh, with Lovnor left on the bench uh, yeah. to start with uh, he, he went with Leonardo and Federico Tabio who played brilliantly together yet again um, but the big one for me as well is the keeper Majid Nasser um, long term keeper of uh, Shabab Al-Ali long term keeper of the UAE uh, 35, 36 years old yeah. 37, 8 years old now um, checkered past checkered past but he is he's the captain of the club um, he's, he's, he's obviously got 70 odd uh, camps for, for, for UAE not even the matchday squad interesting so he's, he's not even in the matchday squad that tells you that hints at maybe something 
gone on behind the scenes there, but he's backed it up. They've won 5-2. Mm. They've stretched the lead at the top of the table to six points. All the pressure now on Alain this evening. They've been in a fine run. I think four wins and a draw from their last five in the league for the side down in the Garden City. They go to the Mohammed bin Zayed Stadium this evening against the Pride of Abu Dhabi in Al Jazeera. That will be a good yeah. game. We're now into what? The final six games of the season it was match day 19 uh, eight games of the season or six games I think it is remaining so there's uh, there's still plenty to play for mm. but Alain need a win tonight and that yeah. will be the interesting thing I had Al Nasser Corfacan last night Al Nasser Alvaro Negredo if you are new to the Arabian Gulf League Alvaro Negredo a man that really needs no introduction Real Madrid Man City Valencia Sevilla etc class act mm. in this league and once again Al Nasser came out on top they've struggled in recent weeks they were League Cup winners over Shabab al a few weeks back and uh, they, they finally won last night it wasn't the greatest of games wasn't mm. the greatest of adverts but nonetheless you're seeing some top class footballers Negredo Antonio Carvalho another uh, Esteban Pavez the Chilean in midfield there are some fine footballers in this part of the world Sharks have beaten the Stormers by 24 points to 14 in the penultimate game of Super Rugby's five game schedule for today uh, the Argentine Jaguars take on Highlanders later on uh, that one's off at 2 o'clock tomorrow morning if you want to stay up and watch that one uh, what else is going on in the world of sport a couple of results to bring you from the Betfred Super League uh, which is still ongoing at the moment albeit behind uh, empty or closed stadiums the Salford Red Devils beat Wigan Warriors by 18 points to 14 yesterday. Wakefield Trinity and the Huddersfield Giants was postponed. And that's the same case for the big game today in the Super League. Catalan's Dragons against Leeds Rhinos has also been postponed. No such problems down in the NRL a little earlier on today. The National Rugby League Telstra Premiership is up and running. Newcastle Knights beating the New Zealand Warriors by 20 points to nil. South Sydney Rabbitohs beating the Cronulla Sharks by 22 points to 18. And the Penrith Panthers beating the Sydney Roosters by 20 points to 14. Conscious of the fact that we've talked a lot about football and the impact that um, the uh, closure of a number of leagues is having on that game at present but least we forget lest we forget it is sport in general. In fact uh, there was one sport stateside which pretty much led by example uh, midweek last week. This astounding and unprecedented story continues to evolve uh, at halftime with Adrian Wojnarowski. I suggested that uh, we would speak to him soon. I had no idea that it would be this soon. He has just tweeted within the past two minutes that the NBA is suspending the season. I say that understanding that as we speak, the game in Dallas is continuing. Ryan Rucco in Dallas, the game is continuing. Yeah, Ryan, go ahead. Yeah, Scott, right now the game is continuing. There was a conference amongst officials during this last time out, but the action continues at least for now. It seemed, based on Doris and I just, you know, perusing the tweets from Woj at the timeout, Scott, that these games tonight are going to finish, and then that's where the hiatus will start. You could see right here the reaction from Mark Cuban when he got the news looking at his phone and then he went and started to discuss it with members of the Mavericks organization on their bench. He also alerted the officials that are in charge of this game. So they are aware of that as well, Ryan. We are obviously in completely uncharted territories and, and we are going to get a little more information now from Adrian Wojnarowski, which is, he is with Scott Van Pelt right now, so let's get back to the studio, guys. 
Ryan, thanks. And, and Woj, I, I turn to you. What can you tell me? How'd this happen? Well, Rudy Gobert has tested positive for the coronavirus uh, that was learned in Oklahoma City prior to that game between the Jazz and the Thunder. Right now, the Thunder and Jazz, I'm told, are both quarantined in that arena. And the NBA has made the decision, they have just announced, that they are suspending play, finishing after tonight's games. They're going to let tonight's games finish. But starting tomorrow, NBA play is suspended. And then the league is going to use that hiatus to decide their next steps, how they'll go forward. But this is the last night of NBA games for the foreseeable future. And, and Woj, again, just for those that perhaps are just joining us, just to give a, a, a clip's notes of what happened tonight in Oklahoma City. The Thunder and the Jazz were on the floor, as Royce Young had reported. They were moments away from tip-off. Uh, Thunder Doctor came sprinting from the locker room. If we're connecting the dots, I, I, perhaps they, they only learned then that Gobert had tested positive. Is that what caused the game to, to be suspended? I'm, I'm sorry to put you in a position to talk about something I don't know if you know about, but I'm just, is, that, is that a reasonable summation? Scott, it, it, it's still unclear to me the sequence of events okay. before the game in Oklahoma City, but uh, it became clear that he had preliminary, and that was the word the league used, preliminarily tested positive for the coronavirus. Uh, and right now, both teams remain in the building. They remain in quarantine at the arena, I'm told. This is, is a remarkable situation, and I realize it is, it is truly changing by the moment. When we say hiatus, is there, is there any sense of, of how long a period that would be, given that there seems to be so much uncertainty about how long a period one would have to actually be, in a sense, quarantined before you'd know whether or not he or she was positive? There's no sense of how long, okay. Scott. You know, and one point that people were making um, with the league, with teams, because there had been so little testing uh, even in, up until the last few days in this country, they didn't have a handle uh, within this league about the potential for this. And now as a player has tested positive for it, the, the ripple effects that has on his own team, on other teams, um, you know, clearly this is, as you said, Scott, uncharted territory. And there were several owners on a call tonight with Commissioner Adam Silver who, who suggested the idea of let's just take a hiatus instead of playing games without fans in the arena. The commissioner was ready tomorrow to move toward games being played without fans, but that changed tonight with Rudy Gobert's positive test for the coronavirus. I mean, we're hearing there from NBA, and that was obviously last week during the games when there was confusion reigning as to, uh, are we going to get suspension or not? Obviously, uh, since then, we have had confirmation of that suspension. And again, no dates mentioned. It's just basically until further notice. Yes, indefinitely. Because, of course, Rudy Gobert, you heard there since then, his Utah Jazz teammate Donovan Mitchell has also tested positive for the coronavirus. You can bet your life that anyone who's come in close contact with those two with from the Utah Jazz, because, of course, NBA, there's games on a nightly basis there's such a churn of matches they'll all be tested the players will be tested it wouldn't surprise me in the coming days if more test positive for this because we were just remarking off air a lot of the sporting bodies are now testing their players we've seen Everton come out Leicester City Mikel Arteta from an Arsenal standpoint the Nottingham Forest chairman there's an awful lot of athletes 
that are now testing positive mm. for this virus and, and that might, might be a little bit microcosm of, of what else is to come over the coming weeks and, and months because as we've been alluding to the experts the health experts saying that the peak of this it's not going to come for another 10 to 14 weeks, so it's going to get, I think, worse before it starts to get better. And that's not scaremongering, that's just telling you what mm. the experts are saying on this front. And yeah, the NBA, you're absolutely right, Tom, whilst the Premier League and other bodies, you know, they, they hummed and hoed, they were decisive. They said, yep, first yeah. player's got it, we're done. Yeah. Lock this down. Yes, it's going to run in, the bill might run into hundreds of millions of dollars, but let's safety comes first. Let's get this locked down, let's deal with it, and then we'll deal with the ramifications afterwards. Um, we are getting lots of opinions coming through. We're asking you for your opinions as well. Spanish football journalist uh, Guillaume Balagay has uh, just said that it is likely there will not be football in many areas of Europe for many, many months. He said many... Wow. Following the outbreak of coronavirus. Wow. Many, many months. I mean, that then becomes the game changer. Because if it is to be months, and again, we're going on one man's opinion. He's obviously someone that's got his contacts as Guillaume, very respected mm. in the world of journalism. And, and when it comes to all things Spanish football, if we're talking many, many months, then I guess, Matt, that kind of leads back to, to your point about null and void. Because how do you continue playing this season if we are talking October, November, December? It's madness. Well, I mean, even the solution you, you, you suggested, Chris, which was... Uh, was finishing the season around that time, November time, and then realigning with what will be the World Cup and, and having the Euros in January, even that sounds like mm. that would be a push. And and that's why, again, and it comes back to that point, is you, you might just have to draw a line under it, essentially hold your hands up and say, look, yeah. we, we can't make a decision on yeah. anything until we know something. I mean, for, for, for better analysis, there isn't any because because we just don't know. It is completely unprecedented. I, do, I think the, the longer it goes on, and I worry about someone like Guillaume Balagay with the enormous this isn't really a personal attack on him at all but somebody who isn't a health expert with an audience the size of his speculating like that with an almost definitive tone in his voice I think think, and I I would say that because we're doing it now I I think we're being quite measured and, and being very Reluctant to so, reluctant to say this is what will happen. We, we, we're basing really on what we think is logistically feasible, and it's it's our opinions at the end of the day. I think it's a bit of a concern when when people with big audiences start saying things that lesser educated people would take as read. I, th- I think that's that's a bit yeah. of a problem, and I think we need to I think we need to make sure that we're listening to the people that have access to the right kind of information. Let's take a short break. A quick breather. We'll be back with more straight after that. You're listening to The Grill. We are not live from Barasti, but uh, Barasti is operational. It's up and running. So if you want to get yourself down there uh, to enjoy your evening, then please do and say hi from The Grill team as well. More sport coming your way in a few moments' time. More cancellations, more postponements. We'll put you in the picture. This is The Grill. Join the conversation. Text 4001 or message us for on the Dubai Eye app. Well, one big sports story at the moment is what's on, what's off. Uh, unfortunately, most of it is off. Uh, we will, of course, keep an eye on what's happening in the Arabian Gulf League and other sports events that are taking place around the world. The coronavirus and the attempts to limit its spread, obviously having an impact. Um, we know that the Six Nations got postponed. Again, I mean, how are they going to sort out the Six Nations? I mean, there's chat that they're going to play in the autumn but that will yeah. be around autumn internationals as well Halloween was mentioned for a big Super Saturday to get a conclusion to that all of these sports being pushed I mean inevitably we talk about some sports that simply need to happen 
there simply won't be yeah. time for an awful lot of them. We will just have to draw the line in the sand. It's interesting that obviously we've got club rugby being played in the Southern Hemisphere uh, down in Super Rugby, albeit behind closed doors at the moment. But still no announcement from the Gallagher Premiership over Is there not? in the UK. No, because obviously Six Nations weekend, so no Gallagher Premiership games scheduled for this weekend. But no official announcement. We have had postponement, obviously, the Six Nations. We've had postponement of the Premiership Rugby Cup over in the UK. I know the Guinness Pro 4 as well, it's announced that it's on lockdown. Interesting that, interesting the Premiership of, I guess, waited, and I'm sure that will be an announcement because nothing is taking. You know, the the, the precedent has been set now for an April third at the very yeah. earliest. So I'm sure they'll fall in line with that because, yeah, we'll be tied you that you are the sport that says no, nah, we're we're still going to continue. But uh, Premiership Rugby Cup final was scheduled for tomorrow. A sale against the Harlequins. That ain't going ahead. Um, that one has been postponed. Uh, we are talking about the sports uh, that have survived, those that uh, are uh, going through uh, issues at the moment. We talked about the NBA. What about this one as well? Some breaking news coming in. IPL franchise owners meet with senior BCCI officials. IPL franchise owners and BCCI owners expressed hope that April 15th is the realistic date when IPL 2020 can begin. Remember, IPL 2020 was postponed. It's already been postponed till the 15th of April, at least by two weeks. It was due to start on the 29th of March. But now, a realistic date is what the franchisee owner says, as well as the BCCI, is April 15th. Due to the coronavirus outbreak, the IPL was postponed by at least two weeks. And here is the IPL franchise owner's Meeting with senior BCCI officials, they're coming together to express their hope that April 15th is indeed a realistic date. They do not intend to postpone it further. Already, we know that the IPL franchises as well as the BCCI have decided to hold the tournament without crowds in grounds. It's going to be empty stalls, empty grounds, but just the match to take place for it to be viewed on television. IPL fans at least were relieved the match, the tournaments were not cancelled completely. But even April 15th seems quite doubtful. But here is the IPL franchises, all the owners along with the BCCI officials, they are coming together to express hope that indeed April 15th is a realistic date. Let's quickly go over to Borea joining us live. Borea Majumdar, our consulting editor. Borea, do tell us, here is the IPL franchisees and the BCCI there wanting to keep the tournament on April 15th. It's going to be a realistic date is what they hope, but there's still some doubts, it appears. Yeah, I mean, this is an evolving situation and the BCCI and the team owners know that. Issues, obviously, for cricket, not just for the IPL, but for uh, national teams as well. Uh, news coming through in the last uh, couple of hours, the Australia-New Zealand series is off. That's mm. been postponed because of the coronavirus. Two one-day internationals, three T20 games between Australia and New Zealand have been postponed because of the coronavirus outbreak uh, in the Southern Hemisphere. And obviously uh, earlier on in the week, in fact it was yesterday, I think it was, uh, England's tour of Sri Lanka also. Yeah, they took the decision. I mean, it's the only decision to take. And it was interesting to read the comments from Joe Root saying, right decision. Why? Because, well, the players' heads weren't in the game, right? When you've got something like this hanging over you, when you're away from loved ones, when you're 
travelling as well because a lot of countries we know have closed their borders they're not allowing people in or out so you can understand it made sense I know an awful lot of people had spent an awful lot of money to fly over to Sri Lanka for that one a lot of England fans and, and that's fans across the globe have spent money the Euros myself and Matthew <laughs> are in the same boat on that and interesting to see a number of insurance providers yesterday coming out to say yeah. no more we can't take really? anymore yeah that was the yeah we I've got a, a, another trip to Europe had been planned in early May with friends from back home and they were starting they were starting the discussion on WhatsApp about making sure our travel insurance is because I, th- I think like most people you put your travel insurance on the way to the airport because you probably tend to yeah, forget yeah. it so they were starting the discussion as we were having that discussion the notification came through on BBC News to say that two major providers in the UK are saying we just don't have the capabilities oh. to provide anymore for wow. people yeah, bandwidth don't have it. Are, are I think their main kind of concern is those that have the insurance now, because of course the load of people wanting the insurance to, to claim flights and hotels, etc. Because this could be the disruption is very much the here and now, and it could, as we've been saying, could last a few weeks. Let's have a look at some of the other uh, stories in cricket around coronavirus. Uh, India's one-day international series against South Africa uh, has become the latest high-profile cricket event to be postponed. It was announced uh, earlier on this week that the two remaining games in Lucknow uh, would be played behind closed doors. However, the two boards now uh, hoping to reset schedule the series at a later date. England's story Sri Lanka called off midway through a warm-up match down in Colombo. Uh, New Zealand and Australia is off now. Uh, PSL continues though and the Pakistan Super League um, has... Uh, seen a number of players, their overseas players, heading uh, back home with good reason. Uh, but the game's still ongoing over there, albeit behind closed doors. And Karachi King's actually taking on yeah. Islamabad United as we speak at the moment. Islamabad United are 114 for five with 2.5 overs left. That IPL story, though, is going to be a biggie because obviously you've got tours, national tours that are, uh, are prescribed and, 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 and known about well in advance. We know how cluttered the cricket calendar is at the moment and the IPL if they get those dates pushed any further it's going to be an issue and I mean can you imagine an IPL being played behind closed doors anyway no, so that, I don't think that will happen I think again they've said April 15th they expect it they're pretty bullish about that they're pretty confident that it will kick off on the delayed date of April 15th but I also history shows you the BCCI and the IPL even if some players had to head home by hook or by crook. They will have it. It's up to those yeah. players. Listen, the fans are in. We're going to have this. If you need to go back to your national team, so be it. You can forego the cash that you're promised with the IPL, but this is taking place. It's too much of a cash cow. There's too many people out there. If it is safe to do so, you'd expect the IPL. I'd be staggered mm. if the IPL is cancelled. Joe Root uh, has seen his tour of Sri Lanka uh, come to a conclusion. Joe Root has been giving his thoughts on the decision. Things actually happened quite quickly for us um, in terms of the decision being made. Um, but everyone, you could you could tell yesterday by the performance and the, the chat around the dressing room that guys weren't fully focused on what we were doing and um, you know, fully behind the, you know, the decision that we're going to have. Sense of relief? I think a little bit. Um, I think with same as everyone, really, the, the unknown and not knowing what's going on is um, it's quite a different scenario to anything uh, we've experienced on a cricket tour before. Um, but you now the well-being and the health of the guys in the squad, um, you know, the, the staff as well, is paramount. And feel like um, being at home with loved ones and family is is the right thing to. So it became a big distraction. It did, yeah. Just explain how the players' thinking changed over the last 24, 48 hours. What did it go from, and what was the tipping point to getting to where 
we are now. I think there was obviously a little bit of talk about it, uh, naturally, as you'd expect. Um, but I think it over started to overshadow the cricket and um, a really full focus was not on what we were, we were there to do, um, which again was very understandable with the, the way that things were moving, at the pace it was moving, um, seeing other organisations around the world closing up shop, if you like, and um, sort of asking where does that leave us. And um, I think Tom and Ash... Um, worked very quickly along with, with Gerd who was on the ground here, our team doctor uh, and they've been brilliant in, in making sure that the players and the staff's well-being and health is paramount uh, and, and you know, the first thought and um, I think made a very difficult decision but the right decision in, in getting us um, back home with our families. When did you personally think we should go? Um, probably yesterday, early yesterday morning um, I think the way that things move so quickly um, and having had a, a day or so to really think about where, where we were and, and where it would leave us if we were to stay and what the options were if we were to stay I would not have sat comfortable with me being out here um, in, uh, in charge of a group of guys and if someone was to get ill and where would that leave them um, where would that potentially um, put the rest of the squad uh, and that just didn't really sit comfortably with both me and Spoons and you know, and Gerd as well, the team doctor, so that was reported back um, and decisions were made back home. Was there a fear of having to self-isolate over here? Well, yeah, that was one of the things which is, was quite scary. Is, I suppose you, you, know, you could have been, players could have individually been isolated in a hospital somewhere in Colombo, away from the team, um, no security measures, no interaction with team doctors or physios and it had just been quite a, a unique scenario which might have been quite intimidating, out of your comfort zone, out of you know, away from, from everything you, you're used to and I suppose uh, if worst case scenario guys were to get it and it was at home then you know, at least they'd have home comforts and there'd you know, be a clear way of, of dealing with it that you know, be, be used to. Shame for the supporters. Very much so, but also um, probably another reason why it's important that we, you know, that things don't go ahead. Um, again, as a player, you wouldn't want to be a part of a tour where uh, travelling fans were to get ill and, and potentially um, not make it back home. So I think it's really important that um, some things like this are, are far bigger than the sport itself. The Grill has all the sport you need right now. On Dubai I 103.8. Yeah, that might might need changing, that one, uh, <laughs> that little tag. Because, uh, I mean, we, we are on top of the sport for you. We are discussing sport. We are taking your thoughts and opinions on all things sport. And there is a bit of sport ongoing. In fact, there is football here in the region. Yeah, there, there, there certainly is. And I can tell you, it's all changed. Yes, the Arabian Golf League, that is one thing that is still ongoing. Yes, it's behind closed doors, but it is something you can watch. If you are suffering some withdrawal symptoms from yeah. live sport, it is on Dubai Sports, Abu Dhabi Sports, Sharjah Sports. I did tell you a few moments ago that Al Dafra were leading Al Wachta by a goal to nil. It's all changed. Al Wachta now leads Sebastian Tagliabu. What a player he is. A man that was quite recently handed a UE passport as well to represent the UE national team, the Argentine. And Paul Jose Mpoku has uh, turned things around there. So two goals for Al Wachta. They lead now Al Dafra by two goals to one. I can tell you it remains Banias one, Al Etihad Kalba one, and Shar. Last year's champions, they lead 2-0 at struggling Fujera, Marcus Maloney, the Brazilian, and 
the Cape Verde International, formerly of Nottingham Forest and Lille, is Ryan Mendes. He's added a second. Fujera nil. Sharjah to the late kickoff. It is a belter. It is Al Jazeera taking on Alain. Right, fellas, put me in the picture. The Olympic Games. Uh, we have had an announcement over the last couple of hours. Japan Prime Minister Shinzo Abe. Uh, has said that the Tokyo Olympic Games will go ahead as planned in July, despite coronavirus concerns resulting in the postponement of just about every other sporting event around the globe. Surprised? I'm not surprised that he's being bullish. I think he has to be at this time. He's also got a longer lead time than a lot of the other sports that we've been discussing so far. One thing I would say, though, and actually brings us back to to sport that you could be watching that's currently ongoing, starting in London today, was the European Boxing uh, Qualification Tournament for the Olympics. So there's still athletes out there that have... that that, While the Olympics might go on, they still got to fill some of those tournaments with it so wow. i guess the reason that he is he is being bullish i mean this is obviously one small element of the olympics the boxing but but there's 342 boxers representing <laughs> 45 nations chasing 77 places for the tokyo games that's happening at the copper box arena which was used in the 2012 olympics famously where anthony joshua luke campbell from a, a british perspective won so the fact that he's being bullish i wonder and i haven't had the chance to actually do a bit of digging on this how many qualifications are still needed for the Tokyo Games. It's interesting you say that volunteer training. It's been suspended for two months because one thing that an Olympic Games needs is an awful lot of 80,000 volunteers across all the different sites to ensure the safe passage, if you will, of an Olympic Games. That has been suspended. A former colleague of ours, Emma Dodds, she regularly, I think she's worked at the last two or three Olympic Games as a news editor, very much in the the nerve centre, if you will, for all the uh, IOC and all of the Olympic commitments. She's been telling me that correspondents has gone a little quiet really? in recent weeks. And that is not, again, don't want to scaremonger, it's just giving you the facts. So whilst they're stating that it's going ahead, and for good reason, end of July through to early August is the Olympic Games, there is no doubt they're hedging their bets yeah. a little bit here. It is still a long way off, and maybe, just maybe, not until we get closer to that time, if this remains an ongoing crisis, that's the word for it, then, of course, they might have to relook at it. But what are we, March, early March to April to May to June, July, we're still four and a half months away from the Olympic Games. Hence why yeah. they are being bullish. Throw in the fact as well, they've spent about 10 billion <laughs> quid. Yeah, yeah, but the, the other one I, I struggle with, with with the Olympics is how... You know, you train for an Olympics. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's very, very time particular uh, yeah. that you've got to peak at a right time and things like that. Whether whatever your discipline is, whatever your sporting discipline is, and uh, if athletes haven't got that calendar to work to, yeah, it would become if I'm a coach, very difficult. And I'm not a coach. I'm saying to my gal, uh, guy or gal right now, blinkers on, yeah. continue working, train as if. Yeah. Train as if. Because you're absolutely right, both of you. You you, you train four years to peak at that given time. There is no way, I don't think anyway, that the Olympic Games will be postponed or pushed to a different time. It's either on or it's off. I would would surmise, and that's me throwing that out, I I just don't see a a scenario where, you know what, we're going to push the Olympics a couple of months. I just don't see that. Yeah, no, do you know what, Chris, and much as I like to disagree with you on many things, both (laughs) on air and off air, uh, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, the, the fact that they do, athletes would have been building towards this moment 
from the minute the previous Olympics finished. There would have been athletes that came off the track, came out the sandpit, came out, whatever discipline they were involved in in 2016, and their training program started then. And I think you can't move it because you can't even move a race a week because it's that uh, the the sports science that is involved in, in all of these sports it's it's impossible to move it they would have been building building but anybody who's trained for a marathon heck anybody who's trained for a 10k you don't you don't just go out and and run a 10k you build to it whatever discipline you're in it's all about build 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 and that's why I think he has to be bullish. Mm. I think the qualifying tournaments as well, they're part of that training position. The, 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 the people that are boxing in, in Europe, in London at the moment, they would not be at their peak, but everybody else will be in the same boat. So it's just a case of building towards that position. I, I think you're absolutely right. They can't move it. It will be fascinating to know what they have to put in place yeah. to, to ensure that it's that it does go ahead. I think I hadn't even thought about, I haven't even countenanced what you said then about the logistics of even putting it on. I, I lived in London, worked in London, worked very, lived very close to, to Stratford in 2012. You, you couldn't move for what they call games makers. Yeah. You couldn't move mm. for that purple uniform that everyone was wearing on the tube. In, in, in every walk of life, you would see them. You forget it's not just about the eight guys that run 100 metres or whichever sport it is. There is serious organisation. Do How much you can scale that back when there's not a stadium full of people that you got to fill, I'm not quite sure. But even the people that make the stadium tick, even the people that do the drug testing immediately after the game, there are so many moving parts to it. But you're right. Ultimately, it's about the sport and you can't move it. You just can't. Uh, Grand National done, done April the fourth. April the fourth, yeah. Well, the the London Marathon done. That's twenty third of yeah. They're talking uh, April. about moving it to no, October. They have, they have. That's confirmed. Oh, it is confirmed. Moved to October. We got. Uh, we have a mutual friend who who was signed up for that again. And he, <laughs> I was with him yesterday. He was due on a twenty five kilometer run this morning. And then forget that. When 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 when, <laughs> when yeah. at seven thirty we were enjoying a lovely evening on a friend's balcony and it dropped that that had been cancelled. He uh, he reached for for something from the fridge and thought, well, I'm not waking up. At six in the morning tomorrow <laughs> yeah I mean it's it's going to be what it is going to be it's going to be a busy Q4 <laughs> yeah. well that but that's the thing isn't it I mean how it, I think you've got to do two, be, two, two grills from October calendar. onwards it is going to be a congested calendar it's going to be bonkers yeah. Yeah. is what it is I mean again I'm smiling about that Tour de France crossed. Tour de France in fact in interesting July. nothing's been nothing's been released on the Tour de France. I know Giro d'Italia has been canned. Yeah. That's the big one. When Nothing the on the Tour de France as things currently stand. And that is interesting because, uh, yeah, the uh, the Cyclone Giro d'Italia, it was scheduled to start in Hungary in May. It has been called off. Nothing as of yet on the Tour de France. So June, they, June 27th. There were quotes two yeah. days ago um, from the, general, uh, the race director who is confident for the Paris to Nice race which I believe happens about a month or so before he remained confident of that but he didn't say anything particularly about the Tour de France which is due on the 27th of June ending on the 19th of July which I guess just is before the Olympics so they've got another month you know any events I think if you look at it a lot of the events in April and May have, have been affected anything into June it would be a little folly right now 
to make any predictions. Yeah, anything that doesn't rely on other things. Like the, the Euros relies on domestic yes. leagues being finished. That's why that's a, a lot easier to debate. But but races like the Tour and other sports like the Olympics that don't have anything that happened before it, you can probably be a little bit more you, confident. You can probably wait and see what others do over the course of the next few weeks. And the fact that things are changing on an hour-by-hour hour basis, Tom, we're seeing various countries shut borders, entertainment shutting down. So, you know, everyone, or at least a lot of countries, are taking extreme measures to try and contain. And let's see if there is a, a, a kind of, I guess, a, a downturn, if you will, of more cases being mm. reported. And let's see if we can accelerate the peak if you know what I mean, if they're talking about 10, 14 weeks, maybe you can accelerate the peak in the next four, six, eight weeks, and then we're on the downturn, and then we can keep some of these major sporting events on the calendar for June, July, and into August. Uh, one sport that is grappling with the problem at the moment. We're start, meant to start a brand new calendar of races down in Australia. This one was handled very, very badly. It's been a fluid situation, particularly in the last couple of hours when team principals held this meeting in a downtown hotel. But at the end of it all, I can for finally confirm that this year's Australian Grand Prix is off. It will not be happening this weekend. The majority of the teams decided that they would not be able to carry on in the current circumstances. Remember, that McLaren team member confirmed to have the coronavirus earlier today. A minority of the teams were prepared to carry on, but in the end, the majority have decided that the Grand Prix cannot happen. So that is the situation we're left with. Uh, we will not be racing in Formula One here at Albert Park this weekend. As for the other events, uh, potentially on this this huge occasion, it's one of the biggest weekends of sport in the world at the moment. I suppose there is the potential for some of the subcategories, some of the local racing categories to carry on. But in terms of Formula One, there will be no track action this weekend. I had spoken to a team principal who had been in the meeting, who had told me that there was a will to carry on. He was from one of the teams which was prepared to do so, but uh, in the end, the majority have decided against that, so we will not be racing at Albert Park. It's a bit of disappointment for everyone. Uh, this is the first race of the calendar. It's a wonderful event, but sadly, it is adding itself to the list of events now which will not happen because of the coronavirus. Um, so, organisers at the Australian Grand Prix getting it in the neck at the moment. Uh, a lot of the drivers, a lot of uh, the spectators uh, saying that they left that decision far too late. Uh, and the fact that we're now starting to see in the last couple of hours other races added to the cancellation. Yeah, Vietnam Grand Prix gone, Bahrain Grand Prix, which was already due to be played behind, I say played, take, take place behind closed doors. It has now been cancelled and the one that is still scheduled to go ahead is the returning Dutch Grand Prix, which a lot of fanfare, a lot of excitement around that given Max Verstappen's to have won a lot of excitement in that part of the world, Netherlands, where, where he hails from. That is still on as things stand. That is scheduled for May the 3rd. So three off, Australia, Bahrain, and Vietnam a brand new race mm. on the calendar to huge expense it was going to be over oh. there in Hanoi so they will be rescheduled I know Ross Braun has come out to say that he feels there is enough leeway in the calendar they may well scrap their summer break which usually takes place in August there's a yeah. three, week, three week summer break there to try and shoehorn these races back in but again it's not cheap to host a Formula One no, race, and, and I think, and, and and far from me to to try and defend what, what as you said, Tom, when you teed up that clip, was a, a very badly handled yeah. Melbourne Grand Prix. 
it's not just a Grand Prix circuit, is it, Melbourne? Their streets are closed and there's a big impact on the city. So you, you can understand a little bit why they might have been... A lot of stakeholders. And- there, there's a lot to play for there. And again, not to defend it, but you, you do feel that if it's a circuit, you can go, okay, fine, we'll just invite you all back in a few months' time. But, but with Melbourne, yeah, there right. is there is city-wide impact there. To then try and squeeze that in in another time of the year, it's just another logistical headache, I think, for them. So you can, to an extent, you can understand it. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. there were other organisations, other sports that were really doing a much better job and it, it really shone a light on them. And I think... I think a person that is debated a lot about, I've certainly debated him with Chris on this show, Lewis Hamilton, yep. being the one that that, uh. that that took his opportunity and did it very eloquently. He was at a press conference in a gathering of people, which is obviously trying to be limited, and took the opportunity to, to, to break with the party line and say, what on earth are we doing here? Yeah. Yeah, and it was good on him for it. He won some fans, didn't he? He Very much so. And he's someone that kind of needs that because we've debated it on the show. What really is the problem with Lewis Hamilton? He rubs an awful lot of people up the wrong way. He is a legend in the sport. Mm. He's bidding for a seventh title, for goodness sake. That would draw him level with Michael Schumacher. And yet, give me a more unpopular (laughs) legend in their sport. And I mean that sincerely. A a man who genuinely polarises and he's come out with a lot of goodwill because he said this is shocking guys we've got a McLaren team member who's been confirmed uh, case of coronavirus we've got two team Haas members who are suspected of suffering it and we're still going ahead and it wasn't until half a day later Mm. that the powers that be maybe and and Matt's right not to to, uh, pull them over the coals too much there's an awful lot at play here but it took them half a day to finally say you know what Mm. it's probably right that we cancel this race. Let's hear from Chase Carey, now the uh, supremo of F1 Racing. Uh, well, trying to explain himself. Well, I guess if cash was king, we wouldn't have made the decision, you know, we did today. I've sort of addressed it, you know, in many different ways so I can keep saying the same thing. Um, in hindsight, obviously, things look different. There were events that evolved, situations that changed. We made a decision, um, which given the lead time, to come here, hold the event at a point in time where major events were being held here. It was a different situation in the world. You know, travel, you know, came. Um, as the situation changed day to day, I mean, in some ways, hour to hour, obviously we continue to evaluate that um, and make the appropriate decisions going forward. Um, so I do think, um, you know, we were, you know, we were trying to digest a lot of different information, you know, um, to make, you know, the right decision at the right time. And I think we did that. One thing it is going to do is cause a little bit of a headache for the schedulers. I think, first of all, we've got the August break at the moment. There's a one-month gap, which is in the current calendar in August. So I can see them trying to slot in perhaps the two European races into that August break to bring it back up to, to 18. Well, that makes sense. So I, I, can, I can see that scenario unfolding. I mean, obviously, this is, this is a very dynamic situation. We'll have to see where it all plays out. Before the August break is still in Budapest uh, in Europe. And then the ones afterwards are in Italy and Belgium. So, you know, everything's staying within Europe in terms of the freight and the cars and the personnel and the people. So um, I, can, I can see an opportunity, uh, you know, particularly for Holland, because that's a race that's come back to Formula One this year for the first time since 1984. There's a huge amount of fanfare around F1 re-entering Holland. So it's a shame for them if it doesn't happen altogether. And I imagine both them and the Spanish promoters are pushing quite hard to have it in August. You're listening to The Grill. More of the biggest sports stories now. On Dubai Eye 103.8. We're still grilling. 
we are still grilling. Uh, there are a lot of things being uh, postponed uh, and called off at the moment, but we're still grilling uh, in association with our friends at Barasti, who are still open for business as well. So get yourself down there this evening. Uh, if in doubt, head on down to Barasti where the game is always They've got on. a big screen down there. What do you reckon they're doing? Just playing old films, Home Alone on there? <laughs> oh. Let's head off down. If you're playing Home Alone on the big screen outdoors, I'll do some social distancing just to watch that on a big Hopefully. screen. Keen or something. Hopefully they've got uh, uh, um, Alain Al Jazeera on there, haven't they? I tell you what, that's a great shout. We should be in touch with the powers that be down there. Stick some footy on. It's a great idea, that, yeah. actually. Yeah, if you're listening, Barasti, Phil, if you're listening, do stick on Al Jazeera Alain, 8.30 kickoff. Let's get the UE Arabian Gulf League trending in the right direction. But also do chuck Home Alone on one of the smaller screens. <laughs> Not a bad idea. Not a bad idea at all. Uh, 4001, lots of developing stories. Obviously, we're focusing on all things sport. We are also conscious of other news stories that we will bring to you uh, as soon as we've got confirmation from the news team that are working their socks off at present. Right. I know you're sick and tired of breaking news, but it's coming thick and fast at the moment. Uh, And uh, one of the big stories uh, of the last couple of days has been the announcement uh, that has rocked the world of golf. Golf fans out there thought that maybe uh, they could uh, be immune to some of the decisions. That's not been the case. We have some breaking news. The Masters has officially been postponed at this time. That announcement was just made. So uh, let's get some quick reaction off that announcement right now. I'm not surprised. I mean, they've got to follow. They've got to follow everybody else right now. We're talking about a virus. You're talking about a, a situation where there are too many questions, not enough answers. People can't even be get tested for crying out loud. There's no vaccine available or anything like that. There's too many questions. There's too many issues, and as a result, any time you have any kind of event that's going to have a plethora of people around one another. That's simply that's something that can't be tolerated at this particular moment in time until we get our feet under this thing. So I totally understand what they were doing. I'm wondering why they didn't do it yesterday or the day before. That, that's the key. And, and Jay Billis is like a one-man industry in terms of mm-hmm. um, doing the right thing by college sports and, and going at the powers that be when, they, when truth needs to be spoken to power. And Jay, I always have a lot of admiration for that. So, so I'm... Uh, I'm wondering, you, you seem to be giving credit to the decision makers in this case. And of course, that's the most important thing. However, they did convene large crowds past the point it appeared to all reasonable people that shouldn't happen. We knew about the social distancing success in other countries where the virus spread quickly, where it didn't. The fact that there was there's inadequate testing, et cetera. The NBA got out in front of it as soon as Gobert was tested positive. And now bodies that that or entities that cancel events to me don't seem to deserve credit for doing the right thing, because I don't know really what choice they have at this point. The ones that look good right now to me are the ones who did it when there was a choice. I did. The Masters really have a choice at this point. Did, did the NCAA really have a choice? It seems to me Adam Silver is the guy who came out when there was a choice to be made and said, let's make the hard choice. Well, I have thoughts on both of these. So uh, which would you rather I share? My thoughts on the Masters, I, I will uh, go there. And the Masters is something that I 
It's, it's my favorite sporting event of the year. Not that that's in any way relevant to this, but I was a part of our broadcast of it last year and I'm scheduled to be again this year whenever it is held. There were a few options here, I suppose. Golf is certainly a sport that you could play without bringing fans there. And it, at the Masters, they call them patrons at Augusta National. You certainly could more, I think, more easily than any other sport conduct the event without having all of the people there, the large gatherings of people that you're talking about. That's what makes this dangerous. This is much less about the players giving this to each other than it is about convening large numbers of people. It, it's, it's unfortunate, I think, how few people seem to understand that that is what this is really about. You could hold that event without it. I think it is also an obvious understanding now that the Masters, which is scheduled for the second weekend in April, uh, that, that this is going a this is a circumstance in the United States, Stephen A., that is going to last a lot longer than I think most people have gotten their minds around its reality. By the time we get to the second weekend of April, we will not be on the other side of this. It is not realistic. People looked at the NBA saying 30 days. Adam Silver is not saying we'll be back in 30 days. He's saying we'll start talking about this again in 30 days and see where we are. Uh, the other thing is that the Masters, to the point you just made, or Stephen A., you asked Jay Billis, we did not just announce, Charlie did not just say they have canceled the Masters. Postpone. They have postponed the Masters. So it will be played another time. There are the, the Players' Championship, which is known by many, which is going on right now. They just called it off after the first round. Me, people will call that the fifth major. The Masters is the Super Bowl of golf. So these are two events now that I would imagine will be made up sometime later on the calendar, and we will just have to see when. But it is impossible for me to imagine that if there is any opportunity to play the Masters, they won't do it at whatever time they can. I want to get back to Jay Billis in regards to the NCAA canceling March Madness. I appreciate your explanation, Jay, but the, the you know, the coronavirus has not is not something that's new. It didn't come up like just in the last few days or something like that. And again, I'm not I you know how I feel about the NCAA, but I'm not getting on them about this. I'm just trying to get an education, Jay, from you for our viewers. Knowing this was coming down the pike, understanding that we were waiting for a player to test positive before cancellation or suspension actually kicked in. One would think that even though it's clearly difficult because of venues and things of that nature, March Madness is so huge that the NCAA could have worked in concert with the respective network scheduled to broadcast it, that they could have figured out a way to push this back a few weeks, maybe in the May or whatever. Why could that not happen, Jay? Yeah, that's a, an interesting question, Stephen A. And to Max's point, uh, you know, the fact that that conferences were playing tournaments when the NCAA was saying there would be no spectators uh, when the NCAA tournament started, and all of the difficulties that came from that, revealed uh, a structural leadership failures. The NCAA has no say. The NCAA office, I should say, has no say over what the conferences do with the conduct of their tournaments. They don't control any of that money. They don't control the play. None of it. So the NCAA had no say. Uh, the only thing the NCAA office, Mark Emmert and his employees have in Indianapolis, the only say they have is over the NCAA tournament itself. So the, the, that's the only thing they could do was, was uh, you know, pass rules and, and make decisions based upon the NCAA tournament. Where I think there was a failure was in the communication and the coordination among the conferences, that it is bad optics for the NCAA members to be taking actions that seem to contradict what the NCAA office is doing with regard to the tournament. Now, holding the tournament itself or postponing it, I believe is just a logistical, practical impossibility. 
to have to get 14 different venues uh, set again a month later or two months later, whatever it may be. And then you've got all these different institutions whose presidents are getting advice from their medical people saying, we are not, we are banning travel, we are not going to participate. Uh, it, it's just too difficult. So I, I don't quarrel at all with the NCAA deciding to cancel rather than postpone. I think they would have been postponing the inevitable uh, cancellation of the tournament. And I go with sort of what Jeremy Foley of Florida used to say, and that is what you will do eventually, you should do immediately. They knew they would eventually have to cancel, so they did it immediately. There's just so much more to hear. Download our podcasts at DubaiEye1038.com.